Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 81, Hello Bass Bass Fishing Podcast. Today, special guests Keith Tuma, Andy Walls break down how they caught 27 pounds and change on an inland fishery in Minnesota in the middle of summer of smallmouth. It's going to be a good episode. We're going to learn a lot about fishing offshore, fishing for smallies, practicing grass fishing. There's a lot of good nuggets, a lot of juice uh, spilled in this episode, so enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, we are live. Another Wednesday night, another Hell of Ass Live. Some new guests that we haven't had before, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this. You may not know who Keith Tuma and Andy Walls are if you're not maybe from the Minnesota area, but uh, yeah, uh, you're going to learn a lot more tonight about uh, these two guys and uh, how good at anglers they are and, and some of their accomplishments. So how's it going, gents? Really, Great. really good. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, appreciate the time, Rich. So just so you know, like, the names are backwards. It's actually Keith on the right and Andy <laughs> on the left. So I'm Keith. <laughs> Andy right here. These guys are not only great fishermen, but they're very tech savvy. So um, that's <laughs> What's up, Tom? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Darius says he's ready to talk smallmouth. He's a Kentucky Lake guy. Likes to sneak up to Lake St. Clair. Right on. Um, good to see him. What's up, Bill? So just make sure, I think everything sounds okay. Uh, People in the chat on Facebook, YouTube, let us know. I think it sounds and looks good, but uh, just let us know in the comments. While we're doing that, I just want to thank Arsenal Fishing for supporting the channel and the stream. Uh, Without them, this isn't as good a product. And uh, as always, you can check out their sweet products. And, you know, if you're in the mood for smallmouth, you can get this sweet smallmouth hoodie. You can use code Hellabass15 uh, and uh, save yourself money on that and a bunch of other cool stuff. So I just got the, the business out of the way there. That is kind of a pretty cool sweater or sweatshirt. Yeah, it says uh, something about like Wolfpack's smallmouth on the back. Well, we can't see that. Maybe you should spin around and show everybody. Come on, dude. What if I'm not, what if I'm not wearing pants, though? <laughs> I'm not saying stand up. I don't know, can you see it? Oh, yeah. That is pretty cool. Heck, yeah. I dig it. You guys should have one of those. You guys don't fish into the fall for smallies, do you, up there? Why would you want to do that? There's other things to do. Poor The poor fish get beat up all year long. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Everybody says it sounds good. Awesome. Do you want me off camera when I'm going to do this, or is it all right? Well, it's fine. You're allowed to hydrate. Hydrate to be great. There's water inside there. It's actually flat. I opened up a brand new one and the damn thing's flat. Can you believe that? Yeah. Times are tough. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Let's just, uh, well, you guys are from, I mean, you guys live up in northern Minnesota, right? Uh, where are you yeah. guys both from? Give people just a little bit of, who are you, quick. I'm out of Brainerd, Minnesota, which is 
about an hour and a half away from where I'm currently sitting up in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, where Andy's from. Sorry to yep. talk for you, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm from the northern part of the state up in Grand Rapids. So Nice. Cool. So both upstate guys um, fish a lot of tournaments kind of all over the state, but you guys definitely specialize in, in the northern derbies. Um, mm-hmm. Keith started fishing the Opens this year. We'll talk about My that year. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, most guys I know – win 50% of the opens they've fished, right? So <laughs> um I got very lucky on the Harris chain. Uh, my very first open came out of it with a win. Um relied heavily on our Andy and my previous knowledge of that. We'd fished two uh team championships down there for the BASS team championships. And uh yeah we figured some things out and I was able to rely a little bit on that and kind of put it together and make it happen. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. probably circle back and dig into that. So, Sure, whenever you're ready, you let me know. The, the, like, let's, so I guess, I, I mean, I, Keith and I fished together one time a long time ago. I mean, I would have to guess it's 12 oh, years. 10 anyway, yeah. Yeah, somewhere right around there. Uh, you were actually a co-angler in a Bassmaster Weekend Series tournament. Correct. Um, I was the boater. You were probably thinking, like, how did I get stuck with this snot-nosed kid? Um no, it was actually a fun day. I learned quite a bit. I'd never drop shot, drop shotted before, and I remember talking to you about that. And then you kept me up in shallow water, so we couldn't try it. So yeah, <laughs> nice. it was almost like it was done purposeful. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird because, like, thinking like how much like drop shot is so every day now. But back then, I think like the first time I ever really caught him on drop shot was like in a weekend series tournament in Lahamadu. Yep, where I actually like caught him and like you know, did something in a tournament was like that actually played for me, which was, you know, 10, 10 years ago or so. Um, sure. But yeah. And then, so we were basically on Andy's home turf before it was probably even his home turf then. Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> he didn't know it was going to be his home turf then. Cause he, no, not yet. No, I was still in Brainerd at that time. <laughs> nice. Um, and I, I think the only time I met you in person, Andy was at some champ tour events and I was there when you won your boat. Um, at Pokegama, so but I'm probably shake your hand and about that. I don't know that we've really ever chatted, so yeah, I don't think so. I heard you kick dirt on his shoes, but whatever, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I probably kicked dirt on myself after that event, but uh, what's up, YouTube cuz? Good to see you. Um, see, fishing with Dino is a new face, haven't seen him on the streams much, that's cool. Um, so yeah, we've got, you know, I I know of you guys see you around, but I wouldn't say that like, we're like best friends or know each other or see each other all the time. So it's good to to hang out with you guys on the stream and and get to know you a little more. Yeah, definitely appreciate Um, the invite. This is fun. And so the big thing we want to talk about, uh, which we'll get to, right. Is like, you guys had an amazing day on woman Lake and a Minnesota bass team trail tournament, um, which if you guys saw the thumbnail, right. They're holding up, which I probably should add that I'll get this picture up and I'll, I'll kind of get that uh, shown here in a second, but you guys have been fishing the team trail for a few years. Yeah, this is our fourth year, I believe. Yeah, fourth year, so you pretty much fished it every year they've had the team trail for the Bass yes. Nation. What, yeah. what, 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 what do you guys like about the team trail? What got you into it? Maybe just give an overview of the team trail and why you guys like got into the team trail. 
this is a super easy question. Yeah, you it's, want to handle it's it? the, the classic birth. It was the only reason we decided to jump into it. Um, when they said that the first year, four years ago, we, we were all in, and that's been the whole reason we're fishing it ever since. Mm-hmm. 100%. The team championship is fun. You get to travel south in the winter for yeah. new lakes, different lakes that we've ever been on, and I don't know, challenge ourselves a little bit, you know? Sure. So, you, so this is the fourth year. Uh, you obviously, how many times have you made the nationals? <laughs> well, we've made it twice. Uh, we got in cause the team couldn't go last year. Um, but yeah, two, so three of the, the four, I guess. Cause you guys have already speeding up. You guys have already clinched it this year. The top two teams, right? Make it. And you guys have already clinched the top yep. team, regardless of what happens at the TOC. Yes. We basically need to show up and catch a bass or just show up. Yeah. I don't think we need to catch we one. We might not point. even have yeah. to catch one on Waconia, but <clears throat> yeah, this is our second year being a uh, team of the year. Nice. Which is so, pretty darn so cool. This, That's this a great the, picture. Well, I didn't take it, but I doctored it up a little bit. Yeah. No, I see you. Yeah, I did good. <laughs> brightened it up a little bit but yes that's what that's what 80 percent of 27 pounds looks like and that's we're going to get into that a little more um so uh and this one here was what 6.8 the one in andy's left hand was well 673 673 we can we can round among friends right yeah sure you can make we it can, bigger we can call it just shy of seven if you want nice um so we'll talk a little bit about that um, and a few other things. Um, so yeah, I, I totally on board with that. Like everything that I fish for the most part as well, I'm geared towards moving on. Like that's always been my focus, whether it's the TBF or the Bass Nation or the weekend series back in the day, mm-hmm. um, the TBF team trail, same thing. Like I, I'm always like want to get somewhere where there's a, you know, a, an end goal. Um, so I'm totally on board with why you guys are doing that. And I'm the same way. So, um, I think, if, I think a lot of, I guess, guys that take it super serious, which we're fishing against 50 of them in the MNBN this year have that same outlook on things where, okay, this is a stepping stone to something bigger and not necessarily better, but something more challenging or something, the next step, if you will. And I think there's, I don't know, I, I think there's a lot of guys that are that way, but there's also a lot of guys, I think there's two, there's like three kinds of tournament fishermen. There's guys that do it just for fun, right? Yeah, like definitely. Going in the gym, right? Like if I join this league, I'm going to go out fishing six times, right? Or like, yeah. yeah. And then there's the guys that like, I think want to be the big fish in the, the small pond, right? The guys yep. that like to like dominate on Tonko or they just want to like, you know, win money close years. to home. Yeah. Uh, and then there's guys with greater aspirations to move on. So, um, correct. This is kind of a good question. I was I just going to say, can we answer Darius's question there? That looks yeah. pretty awesome. I've, I've been on Superior. I've been on it once. Um, there is definitely good smallmouth in Superior. From what I hear, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah, know if they're all over, but there are definitely good pockets of smallmouth. Um, I do know like the Duluth Superior Ashland area, right? If you go up in that area, there's definitely smallmouth to be had in that. I don't know if you'd call that the southwest corner of Superior. I don't mm-hmm. know about the rest of it. I've never bass fished it myself. No, neither. I think Thomas I has been for a good time. Did you see that? 
next com- couple of comments down. Headed yeah. to South Florida for his yeah, home I, I think he's going to uh, the place where Lyle caught it. I think that's oh, where he's going. Ah, some big ones. Heck yeah. Well, he probably knows what to do then. Yeah, I think he's been there before. Um, ah. so. But no, that may not be the best place to catch big ones. Oahe might be the, the best place now. Um. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, I think I fished Superior twice. One time when I was in college, so this was like darn near 25 years ago. We camped up there, took my boat out, uh, goofed around. We actually had our girlfriends in the boat. It was like we were out for like two or three hours. We caught a few fish, and it was. Uh, I mean, there were a couple nice ones. Uh, nice. And then one time, one time I went trolling. And we played cribbage, and then reeled in a few salmon or trout or something. But heck yeah, uh, which I've determined is completely not my bag. I. I can't be on a boat just trolling around like that. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, real quick, can we do a hey, Peter? Hey, Peter. <laughs> the, the, the czar of the Minnesota Bass Nation. Exactly. I was hoping he was hopping on to tell me somebody dropped out of lacrosse and he was going to tell me on stream. But not. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, so, you guys are the team of the year. Uh, Congratulations on that. Thank you. So you guys have the TOC, which is this Sunday on Maconia? Correct, yes. So I think it's, what, 15 boats, no entry yep. fee, winner, it's like 6500 bucks, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. You guys uh, excited for that? What's your, uh, what's, I mean, have you ever been there before? Are you going there new? Oh, like, never been there. Looked at it on Google Earth. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty excited, though. Um, we really like fishing grass for largemouth, and sounds like there's a little bit of that in there so it should be a fun tournament and you know any day you get to go fishing is it's a good day so no complaints here so there's well, there's two days well, to practice and you guys are opting to only use one of them well thursday friday and half a day saturday well actually five until five o'clock p.m saturday okay. so we're just so gonna do it for one day yep two out of three right yeah or, that ain't bad right two out of three ain't bad oh wait a minute we're doing the other way one we're, we're doing the 33 percent you're only doing saturday <laughs> yeah it's no, not friday so you're not practicing saturday no other stuff to do so you're gonna drive from where you are to waconia and then go back and then go back yeah yeah right. i work on saturday so yep okay. it's just gas they make more of it every day yeah <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> all right well good luck um i wish we could copy up that that uh, how much does it cost to fill your boat? Only <laughs> <laughs> right now. Anyway, so you're on Facebook. You probably saw it. Bringing one boat, just practicing together for the day. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. boat. Cover cover as much of what we feel fits our style as we can, and uh, figure the rest out on Sunday. I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah. does that come with a lot of? Are you putting in prep on? Lake Master, Navionics, Google Earth, like to have like, I mean, what, what do you, I mean, so if you, I mean, let, let's talk about this. Let's dig in. Pick so a lake. going in with one day. You, you guys are competitors, so you're not going in there just to like hang out and have a good time. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're going down there to catch them. Yeah. What yes, do sir. you do ahead of time to get ready when you only got one day of practice like that on, like you never been to? I, it's probably not the right answer, but uh, yeah, we looked a little bit at Google Earth and a little bit at you know uh, the Lake Master stuff just to kind of see where where stuff was. But honestly, until we get there, I have no idea. Um, mm-hmm. 
we don't know how deep the weeds grow. We don't, we don't really know much. So it, uh, yeah, you know, we're just going to go look, I think, to, for areas to catch some bass and hopefully our noses can lead us in the right direction on Sunday. We're really hoping, I think, to find something that seems familiar. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know how it is. You've been to New Lakes before and you find something that fits your comfort zone that seems familiar. Mm -hmm. And then you run with that until it doesn't work or until you get frustrated. And then you then you're forced to do something totally different. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, it seems like more often than not, it's worked out for Andy and I. Sure. Well, I mean, we may not be winning every single time, which is obviously that's very difficult to do. But uh, we'll have a darn good time. Win, yeah. lose, or draw. We'll have a good time. Sure. You, won't be, you won't be stuck on history, right? You'll be fishing the moment. Correct. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, I mean, how many times have you done a pre-fish where you think you're dialed in and uh, you spend half the day doing what you're you're dialed in on and it's a flop that day? Yep. Shoot, we did it on Pacagamo mm -hmm. uh, just this past, well, what, a month ago? Yeah. And we spent five hours chasing trying to, uh, trying to force something. Yep. Yeah. And it, it was not working and it was history from the previous day. So, and the conditions didn't change. So <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it's just one of those things. You got to fish the moment more often than not. So, uh, are you guys going to go in, uh, with open hooks, setting the hook to see what you're setting on? Or are you going to pull on it? Like what, what kind of, do you get a little bolt? Yeah. What's, yeah, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm sure we won't catch too many, um, but we have no idea. You it know, depends we on know who we see sitting where. We might run over there and see what they're sitting on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't play dirty. No. Uh, yeah, we'll set the hook a little bit, but we probably won't catch very many. Just to see whether they're they're pike or 12 inches or whatever. Yeah. Um, get a feel for it a little bit at least. Do you guys know how big uh, Waconia is acreage-wise? I don't no know clue. if I looked at that, but I've driven past it a few times. So it's it's a decent size. It's a bowl. Like that's the one thing that's interesting. You can kind of see almost everything. Okay. <laughs> I would say it's uh, a two mile circle. Okay. Take, roughly. Yeah. Bo asking the question. It's it it's a it's it can be a bear if the wind blows. I'll tell what you do you that. think acreage wise then, Rich? I don't know. I, mean, I could probably thirty thousand, fifty thousand, something like that. No. Ten thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, five thousand acres. Well, that ain't bad. Are you looking it up? I no. can. Yeah, uh, I can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you are the host of this show. You should have that information. Not to call you out on live stream, but so I thought somebody in the it's three thousand eighty. Oh, well, there we go. <clears throat> it's a small little lake. Yeah. You shouldn't take but a, a solid tournament day to figure it out. I there think probably by 2.15 we'll have it dialed in. Weigh in at 2.30. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's up, hey, Jay? Hey, SmackDown answered it. 3,200 acres. Thank you. Yep. Um, Michigan Outdoor says, opinion on St. Clair, Northern Michigan. Uh, I haven't fished it, but it's something I want to do. Have you guys, have you guys have been to Michigan? I've been to Michigan. I haven't. St. Clair? Not St. Clair. No. Yeah, I mean, I was on uh, Lake Michigan. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess I've fished Big Bay and Little Bay to Knock. That's the only place yeah, I've really fished. Big Bay to Knock is where I've been. 
but yeah. So much fun. If you like fishing stuff with anything that looks like gobies. No bush latte. <laughs> no. no. He's, he's more of a silver bullet man. Um, yeah, we, you can be an unpaid intern, Doug. So, um, Cool. Well, that's exciting. Um, yeah, I've fished Waconia a few times. It's, it's, it can be a good lake. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. So that's the thing. We hear lots of structure and lots of big bass, plus lots of huge muskies. And from what we saw on one of the guys' report, there's some giant drum out there as well. Should be a good time. Probably a few walleyes, some pine, um, panfish, all kinds of stuff. It's yeah, you can catch there's fish some decent crappies out there as well. Yeah, I've caught a few crappies on drop shots out there. Nice, but, uh, yeah. So, obviously, there's no info rule up until Thursday. You guys are going out 15 teams. Uh, there's going to be a so what is did you guys talk about? What's your guys' uh drive in music? There's going to be a drive through way in. What do you guys got selected for your song? I think it's Thunder by uh, Imagine Dragons. Okay. All right, a little something modern. My what? wife would be on board for that. She's a big Imagine Dragons fan. Um, I kind of happen to be as well. <laughs> so uh, drive through weigh in. I think they're going to do it in reverse order. So you guys will be the last team to weigh in. Yep. Um, first boat out, last way. First boat out, last weigh in. So that'll be cool. So if you guys live in the cities, Sunday afternoon at Waconia at the park, I think, not the public access, the park. The south access is what I think it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. Um, and is it a two or a three o'clock weigh in? Two thirty. Two thirty, and That's then like, uh, there's going to be some guys from Omni out there. There's going to be some guys from Intune doing some demo rides. So yeah, if you want to go out there anytime, probably after one o'clock, there'll be some stuff to do at Waconia and see kind of one of the premier team trail circuits have their championship on Waconia. So it'll be a good time. Welcome, DT. Glad you can make it live. Uh, this is uh, the Minnesota Bass Nation Team Trail uh, Tournament of Champions. Uh, it's the final event. 15 boats fishing for 6500 bucks. Um, no entry fee. So that's what this tournament is, Doug. It's kind of, it's, it's a little bit more than the, uh, than the money. It's the battle for the second team to go to the team True. championship as well. Yeah, yeah so that's pretty interesting. Three teams that have a mathematical chance, I think. Correct. Um, it's Hayden and Bart. Uh, yep. Um, and then uh, what? Dane and Teal are kind of the long shots. They're the long shots. They're the underdog. Who's the and other? The Novak player? brothers. The Novak. Yeah, the Novak brothers are the technically tied, but have the tiebreaker over uh, Bart and. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> It'll be a, that's going to be super fun to watch. Even, yeah. I mean, obviously, see see where our travel buddies are going to be, but. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And do you know where the Nationals is yet or when it is? Yeah, Lake Ufala. follow. And when is that? Alabama. It's December. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they haven't, I don't know if they might have announced a date, but it's usually re- early December, somewhere like between the 2nd and the 10th. Yeah. Nice. Could be an interesting time to be down there. Mm-hmm. Could be some offshore. Could be some shallow. Could be a lot of things, I would think. Yeah. Nice. That's It'll be near fall, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah, it should be getting into the time of fall where they're actually biting, though, right? Like, because like our fall, which is like October, right <laughs> into mm-hmm. November, is when they really start chomping around here. Yep. Whereas like 
late September, early October down south is miserable. And I think it's when you get in November and December that they start to get their like good fall bite. Yep, that's what we're hoping for anyway. And it, I think it's isn't it self-proclaimed bass capital of the world? You follow something like that? I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah. Bob says the Hobie Bass Open Series on the cross this weekend. Over 100 kayakers signed up. I think I met Bob at Omnia last night at the Seth Fighter uh, Open House for his uh, okay. celebrating his AOI. I think I, if that's you, Bob, I think we shook hands and said hi last night. Um, That'll be a fun little derby. 105 mm-hmm. kayakers on lacrosse. Yeah. So you guys have done well in the team. Like you, you've had some good finishes in the team nationals right but you've never made the bracket right the very first one we fished we were 38th out of 197 yep uh last year we missed the uh, hartwell one yep. which would have been kind of beneficial for me this year but or for yep. next year yep. but uh then this last year we were on harris again and we came in second place yep. okay so you did fish the yep. did you have, you have to win it or to what i forget how what is the the top three teams go individual for the last two days after two days of fishing. So then you have six guys fishing for two days for a classic berth. Right. And is it head to head or is it? Yeah. Yep. All right. So yep. hypothetically, let's say you go to Ufala and you make the bracket. Yep. And it's head to head. Do you just you take wanna... the dive, Keith? I will. 100%. Yeah. I'm in. Um, it's Andy's got a one in five shot. Let's. We've talked. We talked about this before. We even started fishing M and B ends this year. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's got one in five. Yeah, is it one in five or is it one in three? No, it'd be a one in five. There's six guys that fish. Yeah, yeah. but you're but you're both on the same team, and there's six of you, so it's almost one in three. Because like, if no, you beat your, they, we're split up. It's, yeah. it's not a bracket. It's just like. One through six top guys. Yeah, one through, yeah, the, yeah they okay. take the top three teams and they split those guys up. So there's six anglers out there fishing for a classic berth. Yeah, it's not on like the last two days. It's not like the college where it's actually like one versus six, six versus no, no, right. no. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's, it's like if it that if it was that way, it really would be one and three because like you could literally both be knocking people out and then get to the finals and then right? correct. So. I see what but, you're saying, yeah. bracket style. No, it's either not way, like he's gonna he'll have all the best juice. To himself, yeah, we'll be splitting, and, splitting water if you make it that far. Obviously, there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts, and a lot of things got to go right. But Chris, it's a it's a long shot. But if it plays right. out that way, we've we discussed it before we even started this mm-hmm. year's tournament season. So, yeah, I don't I don't see how you could like not do that. I don't know. Like, I'd love to fish against them in the classic. I mean, come on. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't see a scenario why how if you're team partners, you and you made it that far, and one of you was already in, how it wouldn't go down like that, right? Like, just, yeah, seems like a logical thing to do, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, it, it creates a really awkward situation. To be honest, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, you're screwed. I'm trying to double qualify here. Everybody else is double qualified. No, what I'm saying, like, let's let's say you didn't. Let's say finish. You finished second at Harris, and right, like you're not qualified, like. Right, you guys gotta like divvy up and go right. Like uh, we flip a coin, you get first. Mm-hmm. Like how are we gonna like, you know? We it's like this is all stuff you found together, patterns you did. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's on tough. Harris on Harris last year. We made that mistake, sort yeah. of. We should have flipped a coin like uh, Wesley Slams and Jordan Wiggins did um, for who had the the area or who would have gotten the area. 
Yep. And it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting come that final weigh-in. Did you guys uh, just go then, in and like split your best area, or how did we you did? They won, yeah. and it it we each came out with okay bags, where we one of us probably would have had a a really good bag. So you guys went in like let's split it the first day. If one of us gets a leg up, then the other one kind of like we were going to talk to each other about eleven o'clock in the morning and see who had the most weight, and then the other dude was taken off. Well. I had a couple more pounds than Andy did that day, so he went and fished something else, and he ended up upgrading upgrading throughout the day, but <clears throat> still pulled a couple key fish for a, a good bag for me, and then the bite shut down. The next mm-hmm. day, it was dead, and I stayed there. He said, he said you got it. And I was like, okay. But I woke up that morning, too, uh, the last day of the fish-off, and I just knew it wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. So I was at peace. I just was going fishing. I brought in two future 10-pounders, I think, or maybe three. Three future (laughs) 10-pounders. And that's it. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, they were squeakers, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I think I weighed three fish for three and a quarter pounds or something silly like that. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I guess it really depends on, like, how big the area is. Is it a pattern? Do you have, like, multiple spots where you can – I mean, you really have to take it probably – event by event like what how is it set up what is it right like right it was uh it was a pretty small area. it was a very small area about 100 yard stretch and it got throttled yeah i mean mostly by us but it got throttled so but it was still fun i mean to get to that that point in it it was uh it was a good stepping stone yeah it gave us a, a definite itch for wanting the next the next step to, yeah. to get back to what we initially started talking about. So, Andy, are you fishing anything outside of Champ Tour? I don't. I mean, are you not doing like the opens or coastas or anything like that? Are you? Or no, nope. no, nope, I'm just doing this uh, next year. I think maybe going to jump into the opens. Okay, I kind of called them out down on the Harris yeah. chain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably good then you didn't have to split that spot. So. True. Yeah, very good point. So let's maybe circle back to woman now. I mean, let's. All that right. was kind of the, the teaser. Uh, I guess woman. I mean, it's kind of a special lake. Do you guys? Cool. I've never been on it. Um, you I don't need to go there. There's nothing special. <laughs> how? How? It's it's actually a couple lakes connected, right? The woman. Chain. Yeah. There's there's a few. Yep. Yeah. Um, how big is the system? Go ahead. How big is the – go ahead and just tell us, like, about the chain, how big it is, what the lakes are, what so you it's got, like. Uh, you got Main Lake Woman, and then you've got Broadwater Bay and Girl Lake off of that. And then you can go the other direction to the west and hit uh, a couple little um, other lakes, which is One's Child. And uh, there's phenomenal largemouth in the entire chain. There's smallmouth in most of the chain. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the majority of the smallmouth live on the main lake. Um, sure. And how, yeah. how how many acres is woman? I mean, it's a good, decent size lake. It's it's not much bigger than Waconia. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, similar. Yeah, it's going to be that thirty-two to thirty-five hundred range acres, I think. Um, just main lake woman. Um, yeah, it fishes really small, but yet it fishes big. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. A lot of structure, right? I mean, there's a lot of there yep. Yeah, there is. I mean, and yeah, anywhere you go, 
pretty much anywhere you go out there, you've got a shot at a bass or a good one, you know, small mouth or large mouth. So, or a giant musky. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, it's, I think there's a little bit of a misconception. Like we do have a lot of lakes that have smallmouth, but not as many as I think people think, you know what I mean? Like, Correct. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, There's certainly more largemouth lakes and smallmouth well, lakes. Yeah, let's put it this way: more tournament size or, or lakes that play into you know big tournaments. Not not even big tournaments, but just larger size tournaments um, tend to have more largemouth than mm-hmm. smallmouth. But there are those key little lakes that do have a lot of smallies in them. Yeah, and there's. I mean, obviously, we have. Yeah, there are some you know standouts like Malax and. Uh, Vermilion and a few other places that are dominated by smallmouth. Correct. Um, they also have largies in them. Um, but there's a lot of lakes then that fall into that, like Pokegama, right? Where it's like a 50 50 coin flip, whether largemouth and smallmouth. Um, and then you've got lakes where smallmouth are coming on, right? Like Leech, yes, sir, and Gull and Whitefish. So yep. it's interesting because when I really got into bass fishing 20, 25 years ago, Gull, whitefish, leech. I mean, that was yeah, like it was a all large unicorn to catch a smallmouth in a tournament. Yep, yep. And now you can actually target them. They're still the minority, but there's enough of them there that you can actually fish for them. And they're big. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's an evolving thing. Uh, they're a bigger and bigger part of tournaments. Um, it's interesting, but it's I, I don't think on a percentage basis we're as dominated by smallmouth as Michigan is. Right, right. Hang on just a second. Nick. Hey, dude. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining, Nick. Um, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, Chad's checking in. What's up, Chad? I'd agree with SmackDown. Um, there's a lot of smallies around. Yeah. And before, ah, shoot, before anybody really wanted to admit or slash realize that Leech Lake had smallies in them, I was kind of catching them out there, not giants, but I was like, okay, if there's this size, there's bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they're definitely gaining momentum now. Yeah, like definitely. Those. Definitely. And there's more lakes, like, like you said, like, Oh, for sure. Gall. I mean, there's probably other ones I'm not thinking of that are definitely gaining momentum as well. Yep. What's up, Derek? Thank you. I uh, appreciate it. I was actually uh, editing in my Tahoe at my kid's soccer game tonight for the next video. So nice. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, woman has only been maybe on like the tournament, like radar for mm, probably less than 10 years now, right? Like, less than 10 years, but the majority of the tournaments that have been out there have been the spawning spring. spring tournaments and, that really doesn't do anything for, I don't think, either one of us. Mm-hmm. It's hard on the dang fish. It's hard on the population, in my opinion, and Andy's opinion, I guess our opinion. Maybe you agree with us, Rich. But, you know, there's some there's some solid bags that are weighed in during those times. And it, it shows what the lake has for potential. But, yeah, it's hard on the damn lake, I think. Yeah. So the team trail has been going there, the, what, the last three years in the summer? Yes. Yep. Late summer. Uh, well, not. Yeah, end of July, early July, August. Yeah. And that's that's a fun time to be out there. Sure, you don't have the crystal clear water. We get an algae bloom when the water temperature gets up over 74 or 75 degrees, something like that. And 
it's all right. But the fish are still there. It's mm-hmm. not like they're going to jump out and go to a clear lake. You know, they're they're still probably, there. Probably makes them get a little less deep, I would imagine. Ah, weird. Maybe. <laughs> they can still be found out in that deep range, too. No, I, I mean, you still can. But I think it probably makes them a little more vulnerable, honestly, right? Probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think if you got 30-foot water clarity in the middle of summer, that can be a, a tough deal. Um, right. So how much do you guys fish woman? Just when the tournament rolls around, do you guys fun fish it? Like, how much experience do you guys have out there? Um, lots. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I've been tournament fishing it for probably twelve years. So I don't know. I've been there fifteen times, probably not a ton, but I've spent my fair share of time out there. Keith, on the other hand, I put my time in on this. Fished it a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot, like of, a lot of a lot of fun fishing out there. Um, mainly prepping for tournaments, uh, but yeah, some fun fishing as well. And is there some smaller circuits that hit that quite a bit up where you guys are? Or there was, there was one back yeah. in the day. There still is actually, but, uh, they had a little tournament out there this year as well. And it took pretty decent bag to, to, to take that one down as well. But, um, it, uh, it's one of those lakes where Andy and I were out there for our one day of practice on, on woman this year as well. And we found some new stuff that. I had no clue was there. Yeah, oh yeah. So it's still, it's not fully unlocked. Even, I don't know, it doesn't matter how much time you put out there, you're still going to find something new, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, uh, and that played. That was, yeah. was, was really kind of crazy. It's like, well, I found an area, we found an area that we well, had no clue was there. And Actually, basically everything we fished this year was new to us. Correct. We didn't fish anywhere we've ever fished in a tournament out here before for either of us, really. And the main reason for that is we pulled up to the main start area where we were both 30, 36 out, out of 50. And uh, there's nine boats sitting on it. I was like, okay, well, that's no longer a secret. Let's go find, find something else. <laughs> so we did. Yep. Nice. Uh, so is the, is the one day of practice like your normal thing or is that just the no. way things have been working? I was freaking out all week long, watching the weather. It's what I prefer, typically. <laughs> um but yeah, no, we don't normally just do one day. It was a week before the tournament. We were out for six hours. Andy was limited on time. And we got onto a deal that we thought was going to hold, and it did. It was actually a couple different things. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, I was freaking out the whole week. It's like, man, I need to be out there. And we then we talked me down a little bit. And I was like, no, I don't need to be out there. Because if I set the hook on a fish, it's going to be one that we're going to need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't know how many bites we were going to get. We didn't know what weight was going to be. We assumed we could come in with like 20 pounds and we were going to be very, very pleased with that because that would have still sewn up the angler of the year thing mm-hmm. for us. We would have had to duke it out a little bit for, um, Waconia for mm-hmm. the team spot. But, uh, yeah, then what we, what ended up happening, we, neither one of us could foresee yeah, typically woman's pretty tough to get bites, um, mm-hmm. especially in the summer. It's not a place you go catch 20, 30 bass very often. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, 5, 10, 15 bites a day, but they're pretty good quality. And, uh, yeah, no, it definitely showed itself something a little different. It was really good. I got, I was going to thought this would be kind of a fun clip to show here. Uh, just wait for it. Waiting on it. 
Knicks up next. Andy Rawls, the they are currently our points leader for the team of the year. Coming up with five fish. You look tired, Keith. Look at you. I was a little wore out. I was running the boat all day and netting. Oh, I haven't seen what? that. <laughs> it was kind of weird because it looked like it wasn't going to break 27, then it all of a sudden went almost to like, tw- like, you know what I mean? It was like 27. were very lively. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to teach Mark how to wrap a bag. Um, <laughs> I had no idea that was going on. 27-18. I'm excited just watching that. I haven't seen <laughs> that yeah, <me> either. <laughs> Did you, do you think your second one was over six? It was dangerously close. It weighed five eight on our scale. Six seventy three. Uh huh. Andy Wall's personal best, by the way. Yeah, it was on his birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, belated Andy. Yeah, thank you. Keith's like, what do I do with my hands? Uh, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> We were sitting in Girl Lake 45 minutes before our check-in time just just to make sure we made it back. I mean, I could easily go on the trolling motor from where we were. You know, you fish some boat, do you fish some boat docks or what? No, we just sat there in spot lock and yeah. had, a, had a little break, had some drinks, hydrated, and uh, not like this hydrated, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just got... Uh, I don't. We kind of psyched ourselves out a little. Yeah, bit. we did. We kind of talked ourselves into not having enough, right? Like fifteen <laughs> way in. So. And then we were arguing about what we had too. That was always fun. Yeah, but uh, we didn't know if we were twenty five or twenty six pounds. Well, we we're both wrong. So nice. Well, I mean, yeah. it's a a great problem to have, and it's so so super rare. Yeah. Um, blessed to be a part of it with with this fellow. Awesome. Yeah, I, I fished a tournament on a big stone, and we had like 22 pounds. And I was like, man, I really feel like we need one more. We yep. did. We finished third. There was five bags over 22 pounds. Oh, Crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, it, no matter how big you smash them, you almost always feel like that. Um, do you guys Next have any front- Do you want to answer that question quick? Yeah. Front, do you guys have any front-facing so- sonar on the boat? Yep. Uh, the... It weighed 415 on our scale. It was probably a little over five because his big one weighed 603 on the scale. 
we had we had 25 mile an hour winds. We had a ton of waves. So I mean, the scale wasn't super accurate. We just know sure. when it when it got close, it's like okay, it's a good one. But yeah, that there was one fish um, that definitely came off a live scope. I missed a couple other that day that uh, that I definitely was trying to get to bite, and they just whatever didn't mm-hmm. it didn't work out. I don't know size or anything. This one that I saw though, I was like, okay, there's one, Andy, and Andy's like, really. So I cast out there, totally missed, uh, reeled in, threw it back out there, and uh, it just crushed it. And that happened to be probably our, pounder, yeah. our small fish. Yeah. Yay, I caught my small fish, or our small fish. <laughs> Four, fifteen, five pounds, whatever it was. If it wouldn't have been gas in 25 to 30, you think Livescope would have played more? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that about sums it up. Go ahead. Wow. I mean, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. And I think I think I heard you say this was the first tournament you guys had a Ultrax installed on the boat. Yes, correct. Yes, I'm, up until a week before that tournament, I've uh, been running a Maxim Pro from 2006. I think yeah, it's been a great trolling motor. <laughs> Loved it. So, but yeah, no, the Ultrax was key. Yeah, for that wind um, when we'd get bit. I'd hit spot lock. The boat had spin around. Um, we'd catch at least one Couple more, more yeah. maybe two off of that area, just because we could make the make the casts. And uh, the wind happened to be at such a direction that it played into our favor. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, of your good fish, like the ones that were in the five pound range and bigger, what depth range did they come from? Yes. <laughs> I would say six to ten feet of water. Yeah, okay. maybe twelve, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you did get well, well, mid yeah. mid range. <laughs> yeah. It was mid range. Maybe yeah. mid range. Yep. And we were we were fishing around boats at times, and we were fishing by ourselves at times, and we yeah. were doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we couldn't we couldn't get to where. I thought I wanted to be, and I guess I'm kind of glad we couldn't get to where yeah. I thought I wanted to be. I knew there was fish up there, and clearly guys caught them. I just didn't uh, didn't fully realize. My, mm-hmm. ah, I think I second this second, by second place was like 23 pounds, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, Our batteries were great at the end of the day. I yeah, well, I'm I'm solid on the battery <laughs> department. I run. Do you want me to plug or no? You can plug if you want. All right, I run Lithium Pros batteries with a stealth charging system. And, yeah, I was we had tons of troller all day long. Uh, cranking battery was fine all day long. Um, ran the live wells on, on uh, high because it was, what, 85 or 87 degrees that Close day. 90, Water yeah. temperature was upper 70s. And, yeah, I was running constant live wells. I had all three graphs on the uh, live scope and the two hummingbirds and their their twelves, helix twelves. Um, so we were pulling some power, and yeah, everything was great. What nice, nice flex, Keith. Sorry, dude. And the Ultrix. <laughs> um, that was cool. Yeah, I actually have a a Minkota DC charger in my boat. Like they're okay. completely completely underrated. I don't understand why more people don't run those type of systems. Sure. Um, it definitely uh, needs and if we if we ever have ran low on battery we fire up the big motor and yeah it charges it charges yeah. so 
actually, I don't have a regular onboard charger, right? Like I actually carry manual chargers to charge sure. at night, but I've got an onboard that charges off my outboard during the day. Nice. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, w- w- I mean, were you guys mostly dragon, mostly reaction baits? Everything I would say would be, well, no, I can't say everything. There was a lot of reaction bait stuff. Yeah. yeah. Everything we threw, we got bit on, though. Yeah. But you guys were right. concentrating the one, on The one bait that I threw out there and something else than we were talking was the Jabberjaw. That thing that thing was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got kind and of, of the crease baits, moving baits. Yes. Those are your primary things. Yeah. Moving yeah. baits and then a tube when, we, when I'd see one on the live scope. Mm-hmm. Drop that thing in front of them. It's pretty tough for them to resist. Or if we had to chase it to the boat, we threw the tube over. There's that too. That too. <clears throat> or if you had a follow up, did you guys yeah. ever have? Uh, did you guys have somewhere that wolf pack behind the one you were catching? No, no we never not saw that, that we could see. You couldn't see very yeah. far down. It may sure. have happened, but with, yeah, with the water clarity out there, you're that time of year. This time of year, I suppose it's still probably pretty dirty. Um, three, three footers. Uh, yeah, the waves. Yeah, so two and a half, three foot water clarity, and then three foot waves on top of it. So yeah, and wind, and just plain hectic. Yeah, yeah. It was. I wouldn't take, wouldn't trade the day for anything. It was phenomenal. Sure. Uh, is there is there much grass, or is it all hard cover in that lake? I've never been on it. There's it's a mix of both for sure. Yeah. Since the rusties have been in there, uh, the rusty crawfish, the cabbage is is significantly less, but there's still some. Um, there's a lot of sand grass, um, rock, and but there are some areas where, where there's still a decent amount of cabbage. And some stringy stuff we found in yeah, places. Yeah, curly cute stringy stuff. So there's some grass growing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about smallmouth. They, they're not like largemouth. They don't need that like super green, beautiful, like... No. <laughs> they don't really care. <laughs> no. They like that really weird, stringy, gross stuff sometimes. Um, that they do. Damn honey. Was, uh, was your pattern more of a depth thing or was it more of like the bottom, the cover? It didn't matter, Rich. No. It didn't matter if we were by rock, if we were by grass, if we were on nothing, as long as we saw bait. We uh we thought it mattered, but it didn't. Uh-huh. Tournament day we caught them everywhere. Um so like you said, bait was kind of key. So was the was the live scope key in finding the bait? Yes. Yeah, when we what weren't the, getting bit, there was no bait around. What what are the forage? What is the key forages? And I've never perch. been there. Perch. Mm-hmm. So definitely, perch grass is not important. Um, all right, that's cool. Listen to your. I can hear your gears turning up there. <clears throat> it's fine. It's just not covered, so it's easier to hear. Oh um, my god! <laughs> thank God you don't have a bald spot, dude. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, So if it wasn't blowing 30, you guys probably would have been fishing a little different? Or do you think it would have been similar? I'd say similar. I, yeah, I think similar. It wasn't blowing 30 in practice. It was, it was still pretty 15. Calm. It was 10 to 15. Calm at the end of the day. No, yeah. It's calm and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem to matter. But, but, but you would have been fishing for 15 bites instead of 40 bites probably if it was like a we had no clue we were going to get 40 bites yeah we just we ran with what we found the week prior and it just it just worked 
it's, it was one of those days, sun, moon, stars, boom, all on a line. It worked. Um, I don't, I don't think, I think anybody could have done it. Sure. Maybe. Do you feel, what, what's the difference between you guys and the guys that were catching 20 to 22? Do you think it was a bait thing, a location thing? Like the majority of those guys were fishing heavily pressured areas around other boats and we weren't, okay. we were, we were out from off, off of those areas. And then we did some solo stuff where we had areas that were like the heavily pressured ones where we could key in on it and have it to ourselves. Um, but I think it was, it was a pressure thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they, if there would have been four boats on that start spot instead of nine, we probably would have had somebody right around 24, 25 pounds, 26 pounds. Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's giant fish that swim around that stuff. And I think everybody split them up. Sure. I mean, do you, when you're around other guys, were they fishing a lot of the same baits you guys were fishing or were you guys doing something different? We weren't that close, but there was some guys that were definitely fishing similar style stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But not when we were solo, we were doing something totally different. <laughs> so you intentionally fished different baits when you were close to other boats? Yes, typically. And, and, but we caught fish on that stuff, too. So, Sure. Well, hopefully somebody can read between the tea leaves and, and gain some insight on this conversation tonight. There's there's a lot of information yeah. being dropped, and I mean, we're not holding back much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're being as straightforward without saying, "Here's what we did." Oh, hang on, there's yeah. the camera. Here's what we did. Um, yeah. Just because there's still a little something special that we were doing, sure. uh, yeah. I would say let's let's just call it retrieve, mm-hmm. and that it's just something we stumbled on. Nothing special, but. We were thinking outside the box on that practice day, and it worked. So, yeah, I would say retrieve yeah. was the thing, really, because there was guys throwing the same thing around us, and it, it had to be the retrieve for sure. Nice, cool. I don't know. I guess in general, uh, without talking specific to uh, woman, I guess I got one question. So, like Keith, you're up there in that area. Are there other lakes that have that potential? Now, obviously, I don't ask you to tell me the lakes, but like, are there other lakes up in that area that have the same kind of potential, woman? As far as like, maybe not as a tournament lake, but as like a fun fishing lake, is there like? There probably are, um, but I don't think you're going to find the numbers. Like, if you had the lake to yourself one day and the conditions were all right and everything like that, I would mm-hmm. say yeah, the potential for that is there. Um, for like a one boat deal, but for what Woman Lake has is is unique and special. The sheer number of three and three quarter and bigger bass in that lake is mind blowing. Yeah, and I don't think anybody knows how many are in there, but it's a it's mind blowing. Yeah, without cursing, it's a mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> when you go there in May and June, you probably freak out. Like right, like how many are there? So and that's not all of them. They come up in waves. Right, that's what I'm so, saying. Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but it's amazing. Is there, is there a time of year where there's a really hot topwater bite on woman? Oh, I'm sure. Anytime post spawn, a- any day I'm not there, it seems like <laughs> I'd love to catch them on a topwater, and I don't think I've ever done a really good on woman yet. 
Yes, it does. Nice. Yeah. But there's not, there's not like any smelt or any weird forages. Not that I know of. No. There's spot tail shiners, but no. no. So you don't get like those roamers, like deep school, like you do on Bokegama. Nothing like that on woman. Less frequently. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times, but not usually. Yeah. No, but Kegama is super special when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Uh, what do you guys think when the when the LG hits? What do you get? What what, do, what adjustments do you guys make for both small eggs and large meats when you guys see an LG bloom? If the deep stuff's not working, go shallow. My opinion, when you get an algae bloom, it typically kills the oxygen level in the lake. So if you find the luscious, greenest grass, it's photosynthesizing, and that's where all the activity is going to be. So the, the healthiest grass in the lake. That's where I'd go. That's a great answer. I wouldn't have given that much up. <laughs> Whatever. But it's pretty common knowledge, I guess. Yeah, I think the other thing, if if you're on a shallower lake, sometimes shade is a really big deal. Yeah. When there's an algae mm-hmm. bloom. Same yeah. thing. It slows it down. Overhanging trees, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, great but question. They typically will adjust a little shallower. Now, if they were twenty feet, that may move them to fourteen. If they were right. five feet, that might put them in a foot. Like <laughs> so. Yep. <clears throat> uh. So I guess in general, like other, any high level tips for people fishing inland smallmouth uh, lakes? What, what, like if you show up to a brand new lake, what's your search bait? Am I, like, am, I, am I tournament fishing, practicing, or am I just, just going fun out? Fit, fun? Just fun fit, like just go out fishing. Like, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> loaded question. Yeah, um, I'm gonna pick up what I'm confident in until I figure out that there's fish there and then I'm going to do something off the wall that I'm not overly confident in to try and gain confidence in it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, give it a couple hours. If it doesn't work, I'll go back to the confidence stuff and just tighten the lines. Um, but I would say a reaction bait for covering some water, whether it be a chatterbait, a crankbait, a swim jig, uh, a swim bait, you know, anything along those lines, top water for that sake. I mean, if it, uh, the conditions are right, it, you're going to find, you're going to find the fish. Once you find them, slow down and pick the area apart, find out, uh, what's shaking in that area that makes it unique. And if you can, if you can find other areas in that lake that, uh, that are doing the same thing, pattern fish it. Does that work for you? Yeah. Andy has ideas too. He's a little. I don't different. really smallmouth fish that much, um, so typically I won't even go unless it's calm and sunny. And I really like to flo- throw a fluke. That's my favorite way to catch them. So something I can see, watch them. Even if they're not biting it, I can see them chasing it, and I know I just need to slow down and fish something else there. But that's usually where I start. So you throw your fluke weightless. Uh, t- typically, yeah. You, not always. Keeping it yeah. like right on the surface. Are you like more of the kind of guy that like is just like right on the surface, almost like a top water? Or are you more lazy? No, I'll keep down. Yeah, it's lazy. Yep. I fish it kind of slow just in case they're hanging down. I don't know. Just try to judge the reaction. I mean, if they bite it as soon as it hits the water, I'll probably fish it pretty fast, you know. It's, I'll just yeah. kind of read the day. Super fluke or regular fluke? Doesn't matter. No Something like cast. I throw it on a casting run, so five inch probably. But 
I usually don't throw a zoom one. Just anything that's like a fluke, though. A jerk shad, we'll call it. Are you like the kind of guy that likes to nose hook it or more on an offset? Or like what's your... Yes, depending on the cover. But yeah, I, I've rigged it probably every which way. Um, wide gap's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Try that in the reeds sometime. It's really fun how good it comes through there. I seem to find myself in the cover a little more than not. So that's mm-hmm. probably why I picked that rigging. Sure. Nice. Uh, fastest way to find the green grass in the lake? Side imaging. Yes. Biggest, tallest stand of it you can find. The, it'll be the healthiest looking, the tallest, thickest. It's pretty obvious. Yep. Logan, no, if, if you're on a cleaner lake or it's close to topping out visually, you can, there's a couple things you can do. Uh, if you got a buddy, literally have him like stand on the front deck, like holding on to the front seat <laughs> and like yeah. fast idle or cruise around at like 20. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, if you're by yourself, a good trick, mm-hmm. if you want to cover, I mean, like, cause it's hard to like, especially if you got a hot foot, right? Like, um, that's like the one time I don't like a hot foot is when I'm like searching, right? Like, cause I'm trying to like, and you're too low to really see what you want to see. Yep. Um, so if you're by yourself, a good way to do it is actually get on the trolling motor put your motor in gear and then just steer yourself with the trolling motor. You can cover a lot of water and see a lot of stuff that way. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. <clears throat> it's also not a bad way to look for spawning fish. If you're forced to do that. Oh Lord, here we go. I mean, sometimes you're in tournaments, you have to do it, but uh, that's true. And yeah, when, when that happens, you have to, otherwise you're fishing for, Middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, what about weed kills by spraying? Do you guys get a lot of spraying? I mean, we get a ton down here in the metro. How yeah, you guys, they spray up here a little bit too, and you just fish other available cover. Yeah. And that I know that's a really big uh, answer, but it's also pretty straightforward. Other available. On a bank and you see orange sign, orange sign, orange sign. Yeah. Let's probably pick a different bank. (laughs) Yeah, right. Or buoys, floating buoys. Yeah. Sight feeders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. honestly, on a lot of, I wouldn't say all the lakes, but I would say a lot of our lakes, Minnesota smallies are much the same. Yeah. We're going to get to Kyle Woods. Sure. (laughs) We haven't we haven't made up our minds yet. It was actually it wasn't even a thought. It is the, now until this stooge puts it on there. I think so. We're doing rally stash. I will. It's up to you. I will. I don't know if I can pull off the porno stash like Walls can. He's got it. He get he can he can pull. Are it you off and Rich? Are you gonna do one too? Well, why do I need a rally stash? I'm not fishing it. We're all here together. Well, you're gonna be there to support us, right? I am thinking about maybe going out fishing somewhere and then stopping on the way home. How about some mutton chops for us then? Let's see. Like, let's zoom in here. Let's see. Um, I think you both. I mean, you basically got a mustache already. Your mustache right. is thicker than we your beard teeth. Well, we yeah. just have to shave all this other stuff and yeah. have the you just would have less. You just have less weight. Exactly. You look younger. Oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> then you'll be like uh, Andy's slightly older brother instead of his dad. Nice. 
slightly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, he's almost forcing my hand on this. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, Caffeine shattered. I'm not even sure who makes the D shad. Neither. So you don't like the fluke. You don't like the caffeine shad. You don't like that. What? So give us one that you do like, Andy. Well, I only like one, and they don't even make it anymore. So I couldn't tell you anymore. It was an old Gander Mountain one. Got a pile of them. And do you like to throw it in a bait fish pattern or a natural like green type? Something I can see. So like something brighter. Yep. I'm behind the times. I throw a fluke. Zoom. It seems to catch just as many. Uh, yeah. Typically, I'm not going to say you'll never catch fish in scummy grass, but I typically don't seek out scummy grass. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree? Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, we stick away from that slime. Mm-mm, don't like it. Don't like now, picking the Sometimes there are times where maybe it's just on the top. Maybe it's not down. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are times where maybe it's sometimes if there's a lot of scum in the lake, you, the less scummy grass will be good. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. it's really about finding the best grass. And sometimes the best grass isn't great grass. So it's, it's all relative to what you have in the lake. Great way to answer it, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of depends. Now, like, and it also like if the if it's a you know a ten thousand acre lake. <laughs> And a whole half of it's got scum, right? Them late, them fish on the far east side ain't going to drive or swim all the way to the west side just to find no, that be grass. In. So it's even yeah. area specific. Sometimes just finding the best grass in an area, even though it's not the best grass in the lake, can be good. So it's it's all I would say it's all relative to your conditions. But in general, less scum <laughs> is better. Uh, you better answer, AP. So uh, we talked about this earlier. Andy's PB small is 683, 683? 673. 673. Yep. How about you, Keith? Um, I think I had a six pound, three ounce in a tournament one time out there. Same like. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I would guess, I don't know that I've scaled. I would say mine is somewhere right between five and five and a quarter, something like that. Um, Solid probably one. I'm, probably on Malax. Um, okay. It was one of those things where I caught like some really nice fish and I weighed in like 22 pounds, but like that tournament was, uh, what's his name? Kevin Stevens had like 26, like, or 25 or 24 and he had a mm-hmm. six and a half. So by the time I got to the stage, it wasn't worth weighing a five pounder. So yeah, right. <clears throat> that's still a, that's still a really good fish. Yeah. While side imaging, what differences in returns or colors will you see with good grass versus? Yeah. So yeah. Any tips for, Determining good grass with side imaging. I would just or say height. Sonar, like what? 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 Like how? What are some good I tips for this. determining what's good grass without actually seeing the grass? It, the taller and thicker it is, the healthier it typically is. So I'll look for height off the bottom and the density of it, and that's basically what I look for. I would and agree. With that. Do you follow it up and fish it quick to check it, or like? Is that going to make you slow down and fish the area anyways? Or do you like ever just go and like literally mark what looks like good grass and then come back and fish it in a tournament? So if I think that that's that's how I'm going to catch them, yeah, I'll just go mark the grass and I'll try it next day. Some people will go fish it. It just depends. I mean, 
uh, we've done both and it's worked both ways. So we just mark as much of it as we can typically. So on the, on the Harris chain where I ended up, uh, <laughs> there you go. where I ended up winning, <laughs> winning that tournament at uh, the open, I marked like literally marked an edge of hydrilla mm-hmm. in practice and never wet a line on it. I just figured I'm going to have to check that tournament day at noon. When I had two fish, I told my co-angler, I said, let's go pre-fishing. I got a spot all marked out. Um, it's good looking stuff. I think it's going to be the, it was my B plan to be honest with you at the time. And, uh, we went there and I finished up my limit and realized that there was a pile of fish there and, uh, yeah, just exploited it the next two days. So marked it, did not fish it and pre-fish, went back to it during the tournament and got lucky. Yeah. We've done that a handful of times for sure. Yeah. Well, lucky is where, uh, well, uh, preparation and opportunity meet. So <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, and the other thing is like, if you mark that grass and you come in there and you pitch jig to whatever in there and it comes back slimy and you move down five boat lengths and it's slimy, you're like, you can move. Right. I mean, like, that's the thing is like, unless you're getting bit. Well, true. But I'm saying like, <laughs> if, if you're running a series of grass spots and you come up to one and you're like, this ain't right it's pretty easy to know it once you fish it for five, 10 minutes, this ain't right. Oh, yeah. And you can run to your next waypoint. So trust your gut. Sure. Yep. More often than not, trust your gut. Just because you it. marked it doesn't mean you got to spend an hour there. Right. <laughs> True. Uh, Kyle says, uh, Nick says, do it. Uh, <laughs> Ross says handlebar. Um, All right. All right. <laughs> this is going to be goofy. Well, you'll pull it off. So I think you said EWG hook is your typical hook. Like yep, more yep. often than not. Um, 360 along with the live scope, or just the front facing live? Just front facing. Have no. you played around? So with we had a 360 transducer for a year and never used it. Didn't even put it on the boat. Hmm. So you can't say whether you like it or not. You never even tried it. Never tried it. Yeah, I've seen it in other boats, and it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I just it's put cool. it on my boat last week. Okay. I uh, I ordered it in March and it showed up two weeks ago. Nice. It sounds like my my uh, Ultrax. When did we order that thing? February. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. And it showed up in July. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was August. August. Yeah. Yeah, it shipped at the end shipped of July. In July. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh-huh. That's also good. Logan's got all kinds of good questions. Logan's tonight. on fire tonight, for uh, sure. All you guys I would say that depends person. on how deep you're catching them. Yeah, if there you're you catching go. them shallow, look for the shallow tall green grass. If you're catching them deep, look for the deep stuff. It's really lake dependent, honestly. Yeah, yeah. the time of the year, the yeah. too many variables. But yeah, all of all of the above. Yes, C, D, A, B, all of those. Yep. Time for another silver bullet. No, the I don't know what just no. happened. The TV just came on, so I turned the volume off. TV was on pause and it ran out of time. But if you don't mind me grabbing another beer, and no, I'll do that later. <laughs> uh, nice. But uh, yeah, I guess I covered most of what I got. So if people got questions that you've been sitting on, feel free to let them go in the chat. We'll probably hang out here for another 
15, 20 minutes maybe if there's some good questions. Um, Logan really wants to get into this grass fishing. I like his intensity. Maybe. Logan, if you find fish in that area, then yes, they're there. If you don't, then no, they're not. Yeah, they definitely I, can, I know how definitely else can be. Just go fishing, bud. It yeah. uh, it just try it out. Would uh, <clears throat> would there always be fish there? No, but no, but yeah, but you could run into them. Absolutely, yep. they definitely yeah. could be a scenario where they would wad up in a scenario like that. Definitely, you definitely want to make a cast there. <laughs> yeah, definitely it. try it. That's a good point. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know what this means. Would you guys like to elaborate what this is? I have no idea. I yeah. Uh, I don't know. Next little next misspelling code. I hope he doesn't want to shoot dogs. That would be weird. Uh, (laughs) Here's a good question. I believe this has actually been talked about before. I'm pretty sure you were throwing a bladed jig, weren't you? I was. I was throwing team championship. No, the team championship we were doing. So I the team championship we were we were not throwing the the jig. We were dragging worms. We were dragging worms. Yep. Was it June bug or black and blue? Yes. Did, did any variation any, of that? Any, yeah. <laughs> any color of like that plum, plum apple. Did you guys go with like uh, like a straight tail or were you like doing like an old school gator tail Florida style worm? We threw every style worm you've ever thought of, seen, or heard of over that 16 hours of fishing, the 100 yard stretch. I don't think they saw the same worm more than four times. Every possible variation was thrown. Yeah. So because you guys were mining. A key stretch. You guys basically just rotated to try to get squeeze yeah. everything out of it. Yep, and we caught them on every style. It didn't seem to matter. Yep, ribbon tail, straight tail, speed stick didn't matter. It didn't matter. Worm, yep. all Texas rig, shaky heads. Uh, wasn't really Texas rig. It was all Texas rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the shaky head, the the hydrilla was way too yeah thick for that. Couldn't even get a jig worm. Couldn't get like a no. I tried it. It was just it wasn't. I caught a few fish on a jig worm in Gunnersville in April. Okay, yeah, I tried that in practice quite a bit, and I couldn't catch anything. Yeah, we had two things in practice we got bit on was the worm and a chatterbait. Yep, and chatterbait just didn't seem right tournament day, but it did play a little. Yeah. You, you for other teams, yeah. Well, shoot, <laughs> we got beat by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys, either one of you throw it to two last V. Yeah. Any any thoughts on what it's best for? I no, I use it for everything for um, fishing. I actually I throw a top water <laughs> with that reel a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a great reel for anything. I think anything that can be challenging in the wind or ba- I mean anything that causes you to backlash a little more I guess is something yeah. that's going to give you a little extra insurance so yeah. jerk baits crank baits flat sides lighter skipping, baits in heavier wind or skipping baits yeah if you if you're if you go shallow and skip things like that's a thing <laughs> I definitely don't I definitely have it to too low on my dock rod uh, SV um so yeah I mean most things, right? Like if you're throwing a half ounce trap, if you're throwing a spinner bait, a swim jig, a regular tatula is going to serve you just fine, right? Yeah. You probably don't need the SV. Anytime you're fishing something that's prone to a little more backlash, the SV is probably worth the money. Fair? Sure. Mm-hmm. 
But if you got the budget, get them for everything. <laughs> uh, you guys like the the A rigs, umbrella rigs? Do you throw the Minnesota rig? Uh, I mean, I played with it a little bit here and there. We don't really use it a lot. Um, I, I, I Keith has kind of brought me down to Table Rock a few times, and that's where I started playing with it. And I mean, I, I guess I don't really know the power of it yet, but uh, yeah, I, I've caught fish on it. It certainly works. But there were definitely teams throwing the Minnesota rig on women. I'm pretty there sure. Were. Greg says, have you started looking at Eufaula yet? Yes, to be know. honest, I kind of <laughs> started looking like when the schedule came out in January. So, yeah, I've kind of paid attention a little bit, but not enough. Oh, Trent Bowman. Open water smallies. It's kind of a really vague question. Yeah, that dude knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's just trying to pump us. He pitches against us all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Appreciate use, it. Your, use your electronics. <laughs> yep. uh, he knows what to do. He's just, he was waiting for it. He just yeah. it took six months to get here. He did, but see, the deal was on that one, and I'm glad I didn't have it. If I'd have hit spot lock when he was fishing against me on that tournament that he's referring to, he would have been like in perfect position to keep cracking on the school. So the fact that my boat was drifting backwards with the wind and I was culling, it kept him out of the school. And that's what he's that's what he's kind of pissing and moaning about right there. So thanks, Nick. <laughs> There's a time and a place for spot lock. When you're fishing against the guy in the back of the boat, maybe forget to hit the button. When you're fishing with the guy in the back of the boat, hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nick did try and talk me into it three years ago. I should have listened. It made a big difference. I think Brian Thor finally put one on his boat this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's 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 trendy. It's not even trendy anymore. It's like, I know. it's almost meta at this point. Right. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. For me, I'd probably say a jig. Yep. Because I can do so much with it. Like, or, I can fish it from a foot down to 30 feet. I can swim it. I can flip it. I can do so many things. Like, if I'm really only going to have one rod, I'd probably put a three eighths or half ounce jig with like a menace scrub or a speed crown on the back. But what do you guys think? Either a jig or a Texas rig for me, for sure. Do I get to pick the lake? It's a random lake, so... I'm going to have a frog on. I'm, I'm partial to the... I'm partial hopefully, it's to in the hopefully it's in the summer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if we're throwing jigs, trying to punch through a three feet of ice, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, a jig gives you a little more... It does way more versatility, but just to be different, I'm I'm gonna throw a frog. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you can basically catch them on a frog from once it gets above fifty. So may not be the the best tool, but yeah, I'm I'm very partial to a frog as well. I'm, I'm not but it sounds like if I only have one rod, I'm just gonna go fun fishing anyway. So why the hell not? Right. Yes, you can definitely sight fish mm-hmm. non-spawning smallies in Minnesota. Uh-huh. Especially yep. on those calm, sunny days that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, Andy? 
Yes, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's uh seems like it's mostly on the lakes that have certain bait fish like smelt. Yeah, and, the Kagama happens to be a pretty good one. Yeah, so um, it's definitely lake specific in Minnesota, um, where we have the right forage base for them to get basically uh, pelagic, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. I think rainy that happens quite a bit. Um, yep. I'm sure there's other lakes, but it takes the right mix of a lake that has the depth and the right forage base to make it happen. True. Tips for holding on a spot without spot lock. There you go. You should be an expert I, I forgot what that's like. motor, drop the power poles, or throw a damn anchor. There's your options. <laughs> so were you carrying an anchor up until July? No. I had power poles for when we were shallow, or I'd just stay on the trolling motor and just yeah, stay on the trolling motor. No, that means yeah. I unhook the fish and do all the calling. Oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah it was great. Now I have to help cull. Now I have to go back there and unhook my own dang fish. It's a lot more work for me, but yet it's a lot less that's work. Why, that's why you were so tired in the video. Like, right. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if I remember correctly back in the day, right, what you'd be like, you'd like land the fish and then you'd like, instead of like going down to the bottom of the boat, you'd be like up on the deck, kind of holding the fish over the middle with your foot on the maxim or the Fortrex. Yep. Like trying to like maybe sliding back a little, but not yep. too far. <laughs> Depend if Nick's in the back of the boat or not. And uh and then like you'd curry up and go dump it and like so it's different. Like you definitely wouldn't take the time to weigh your fish. No. Right. Mm-hmm. You yep. might throw a tag on it. You might not. If if you have your you try to have more stuff ready, definitely like you would have your clips like in your live well or on the steering wheel or something. It's just like boom, boom in the live well. Yep. And then, like, if Get you had to actually cull, then that's, you know, you're, you're pr- probably pretty much going to blow yourself off the spot and then idle back over there, like, if it was that yep, windy. Right. Um, or if it's a, you know, a little bit, depends on what you're doing, right? There would be times where you would, like, maybe actually, like, go somewhere else <laughs> and then go, cull, like, like, sort your fish and, like, you know, do that kind of stuff. Um, depending but, on if there was some vultures trying to get in on your yeah, area yeah i would really be just situational but yeah like yep. when you rig your baits you like go down and grab it and then you hop up on the trolling motor and then rig your texas rig or yeah uh, yeah like that kind of stuff so yeah we're i think we were a lot faster without spot lock yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you keep your tube craws in your pocket you don't keep them yep. in the compartment <laughs> no <laughs> so um if you could fish any other state that you haven't been to, where would you like to go? Arizona. I would probably pick Alabama. I've been to Alabama. I, I've just I've, always I've wanted to fish Gunnersville. I have raised it. I know. That's why I've been to both of those. I think, I think uh, like going to the Clear Lake or the Delta or you know, Lord's Bar or something out in California would be really California cool. California would be really cool. Yep. I've always wanted to fish Havasu. Are you George? Are you talking about Green Lake and Spicer, or Green Fish, or Green Worms, or <laughs> he's from Green Lake and Spicer? I think that's what he's asking about, but I'm not sure. Okay, you guys are. I, personally, I personally have never been on the lake. Yep, never been there. Yeah, so YouTube Cuz is from Arizona. Oh, nice. Man. I sensed that. 
<laughs> Maybe yeah. he should I take think, me fishing. I do Absolutely. think Havasai would be cool. Like that looks like a really legit lake. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he was talking about green and spicer. Um, Gene says Bold's Bar is not fun. Is it not fun anymore, or you're just saying it's not fun because you don't want us to come out there? Walls even smell good on camera. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's awesome. He does, by the way. He smells very pretty. He does. He's, yeah. He smells as good as he looks. hundred uh, percent. Always does. So he's not like the typical fisherman that smells like power bait and bang and like, no. Uh, okay. No, even even when his rain gear is ratty smelling, it's it just it's yeah, it goes away because he smells so pretty. Sure. I can't help but think Josh is talking about Rice Lake. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I've never been on it. Um, I think the key to that place is to get off the reservoir and get into the river. I could uh, the well the the reservoir has been pretty decent lately. Yeah. Um, like the last couple of years, it would be the 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 difficult way to do it would be go fishing and figure out where you're getting bit and then put it together from there. The easier way would be look for key areas in said reservoir off of your mapping and try getting on those areas. Sounds like Blur's Bar is uh, not all it's cracked up to be, according to Gene. Max scent. We talked about this the other day. We thought about ordering some because we hear it's the deal. Yeah, never tried it. Never tried it. No idea. Yeah, just think if you guys had Max Scent on Woman, how you go to that 30 oh. times. You know, yeah, no, probably. Or, or 15. Although I don't think Max Scent is best fished on a reaction bait. So I don't know. We do use Zero Scent. Yeah. Well, except for Andy's goodness. <laughs> is that the key? Do you think it's just Andy smells good? Is that why? It's- He's so damn pretty. I mean, there's there's probably a couple things. It was his birthday. Well, it was. He's that. pretty. The fish just had to come check him out, and they like to go fast. So there's that too. But not on that day. We didn't go fast. But they thought they were going to go fast. <laughs> Rich, you look puzzled. I'm trying to remember the guy's name that won out on uh, the St. Lawrence. Taku. I was just thinking, is Andy like the 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 Caucasian no. taco where like smallmouth love them and they, they, <laughs> they swim to the other side of the lake usually. I do think if you're fishing bottom contact baits and especially in a current situation, I think Maxen can be very powerful where it's pushing down where it leaves a trail where a smallmouth can swim into it and follow it. I think that's where Max sent. And that's why you see it so deadly on like St. Clair and St. Lawrence and those types of places. Interesting. That's my hypothesis based on what I'm seeing. I will tell you, you catch a lot of big bluegills on a flatworm. Okay. Especially on Green Lake, if you're still here, Gene, or uh, George, sorry. Uh, 
so what are, what are the good boat snacks when you're sitting uh, an hour ahead of weigh-in? What's what are some good beef jerky? Yeah, body armor drinks and black rifle coffee drinks. So that's our yeah, that's our on boat deal. Yeah, yeah, black rifle coffee and beef jerky is pretty much me. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big beef jerky guy or like some kind of beef stick. Like, yeah, yep. um, sometimes I'll get like those little like sausage and cheese, like packs. They keep pretty good. Yeah. And then I usually keep a handful of granola bars or power or like uh cliff bars in the compartment for like, man, I just need some, you know what I mean? Like they're just always mm-hmm. there in case. <laughs> um, and then water and that Mountain Dew. I was going to reply bananas, but everybody would have freaked out. I'm not afraid of eating bananas. Uh, it went okay. Uh, it wasn't great. It was close to being good on Coronas. Um, for me, uh, you guys been to Coronas? Have not. No. You guys would hate it. Um, <laughs> You'd hate woman too. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Trent says, uh, "Can you recap your onboard charger setup?" It's a Stealth One charging system, like Stealth, the number one, and then charging. And it basically is a onboard charger that once your main motor battery has reached a certain voltage, it'll it's a- over AC and DC. So yeah, you can plug in both ways. But uh, when you're you're cranking battery, when the when the big motor's running, your cranking battery is above twelve point six volts. Everything extra bleeds over onto the trolling batteries if they need it. So yours, you this is the same. You can this one also plugs into the wall when it does. Yep. So it's basically what the power pole charger does before the power pole charger did it. Correct. (laughs) Just throw the damn thing out there. Do Do you know Brady? I do. (laughs) I would tell him just let it marinate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> That's a wall's line. Yeah, just let it marinate. If they don't like it on a light sinker, put down a heavy sinker, or vice versa. Okay. <laughs> just let it marinate. Just throw it out there and let it sit. See what happens. There you go. Gene says, let's go to Berryessa instead of Blurred's Bar. Well, my problem, as I mentioned, George, is I was all in on the shallow smallies that didn't really work out. And I spent so little time fishing deep with a flatworm that it didn't hardly have a chance to catch any. Fishing a derby in Minnetonka, any advice? Um, Depends on what kind of water it likes to fish. Yeah. Fish your strengths. Yep. Uh, 100%. I mean, you can break down. I assume you're not fishing like a Denny's (laughs) or something like you're. If it, the thing is, like, if you're fishing Tonka and it's a team series where not everybody, like, where it's not everybody's home lake, or you're not fishing a bunch of guys that's a home lake where there's not a bunch of locals jackpotting it, then you definitely should be able to fish your own strengths because it's going to be a little bit relative to uh, what you're doing. Now, if you jump into like a blackfish or something like that, or the classic where you're fishing against 90% of the guys that fish out there all the time, then you probably may not be able to just fish your strengths. You're probably going to have to try to get on what the deal is. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But 
if you're just fishing a clubber out there or a small league where everybody's kind of semi new to Tonka, then just fish your strengths. <clears throat> Yeah. Do you guys have any experience with standing timber? A little bit from when I fished in Texas some. Yeah. I We were running crankbaits around it, and, uh, yeah, it was fun. To me, I think the biggest thing is look at your map and pretend the timber's not there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It definitely then- fish the contours knowing there's timber on it yep yep Um, and then if you go shallower look for horizontal stuff amongst the standing timber Mm -hmm. like if you have to go shallow anytime you find something that's not completely vertical that typically will hold a fish yeah great great point Mm -hmm. denny's wednesday nighter so that's like a three fish limit a four fish limit um yeah, I guess that's still fish your strengths in a three fish tournament. You're gonna need one big one. Yeah, um, it's a limited time, amount of time. Go head hunting. Yeah, there's bass They're everywhere. Yeah, there's big bass all over that lake, and yeah. you can catch. If them you like, if you like on. dirty water, go west. If you like clean water, go east. There you mm-hmm. go. That's why I said it depends on what kind of water. Yep. You, you can you can eliminate a hell of a lot of lake by picking what you want to fish in, clean or dirty. Yeah. Um, if you like grass. <laughs> Drive around, look for it on your sonar and sign imaging. Uh, there's plenty of it to be found out there. If you like hardcover, there's plenty of docks. If you like shallow water, go west. There's pads and that kind of stuff. Yep. What's up, Gabe? You guys, uh, you guys shop at Omnia. Have you have you have you utilized the service they provide for the team trail? Not the day before that they offer, which is pretty freaking spectacular, but uh, pretty sure I've made an order. Yeah. Maybe two. Nice. Yeah. They've really come on in the last 12 months. Yes, they have. Carrying stuff that you would need and want. So that's cool. Get everybody blasted in Tonka now. Yeah. Is there good fishing on Tonka? Yes. I, wouldn't go there unless I had a tournament there personally. I know there's a lot of people like that. I go there in, in his kayak, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you early morning, early early morning. morning. I mean, if you go yeah. during the week or go in the morning, but the other thing is, if you're fishing a yak, you can just put yourself in the back of North Arm or the back of you know some of those bays and you're not really going to have problems. But yeah, no wake zones, but yeah. I wouldn't bother, I would go to you know, 20 other lakes that are within a half an hour there that are going to be a lot easier to fish and a lot less hassle in my kayak. Yep. So I don't know short. I don't think it's worth it <laughs> to take a yak out on Tonka. There's, there's other stuff, plenty of options. 100%. Land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah. Do you guys uh, like clean or dirty water better? Both. There's definitely times where I prefer clean water. And then there's certainly times where dirty water's going to be the deal or where we feel more comfortable or I or whomever we're referring to right now. Yeah. You know, actually, luckily being from up where we're at, there's a lot of both. And uh, I think we're both pretty comfortable with both. I, I really don't care either way. Um, yeah. I like them both. Hmm. That's Great tough. question. 
What do you think, Rich? You want to chime in on this? What's ever going to make him go shallower? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because in Minnesota, we've got certain lakes that are crystal clear and them fish will go so shallow that you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. those lakes where you guys, there's like sand docks that got like this much water on them and you're like, skip something under there and pull out a four pounder. There'd be six of them following them out of there and you wouldn't believe there. You know what I mean? Like there's just like, um, I would say I'd probably lean dirtier because I think in Minnesota, it freaks people out more Mm. in general. Like in general, most people in Minnesota are used to clean water. Now, if you're down in Mankato, that doesn't apply, but, um, but yeah. Uh, the AOI party was pretty good. It was pretty chill. There wasn't as many people as I thought were going to be there. Uh, I think there maybe was 30, 40 people there max at a time. But it made it nice because you could talk to people and not feel crowded. And everybody that got to want to talk to Seth got to talk to Seth and got their picture. They didn't have to wait more than two or three people at a time. So that was good. Mm, 360 so far in my uh, two hours of using it, I thought it was cool. Did you see fish on it? Uh, I can't say that I did. It was a little windy the day I was out there, so it was a little hard to like dial in, I think, to see yeah. fish. Yeah. But it was pretty... I will say a couple things. One, it was really... It made fishing weed lines more efficient, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh there was one weed line that I thought on a lake by my house followed the contour a little more. And I found one place where it like literally just cut across the flat of a point, you know, where like I was coming up the edge and it was like, I was in 12 to 14 feet fishing it and I could see the weeds and I went out and I could saw it like go away from me. And it basically went nine straight across the point. So that's the kind of stuff that will definitely help you be more efficient fishing offshore. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. So Yes, water clarity mm-hmm. definitely affects where fish set up, but it's all relative. Unless it doesn't. Unless it Dang, Logan. You're going to have to send him, him shirts for all those good questions. I don't have any shirts, but... Um, well, you can order one and send it to him. <laughs> I've been meaning to make a logo and do that, but I haven't. Um, it can, but... Yeah, I guess it's more about what the water clarity does to the forage. I think it probably affects my bait selection more than it does what the fish are doing. Probably. Sure. Cool. Oh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything you want to bring up? Anything I didn't ask you that you want to to share? I think you've done a pretty good job yeah. covering a whole wide spectrum of different things to talk about. So Yeah. Where's your last open, Keith, and when is it? It's going to be on uh, Lake Norman, North Carolina, coming up here in a couple of weeks. Never been there. Looking forward to it. Sounds like my kind of place. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, from everything I've been hearing, it's going to be kind of tough, but uh, yeah, we'll see. They, most people say it's like the dock fishing capital of the Southeast. So Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll, <laughs> that's what everybody says. Go fish docks. So I don't know. We'll say there's there's river. There's, there's other stuff. There's sure. stuff there's going to be all kinds of things to explore. It's a huge body of water. Yeah. It uh it should fish 225 boats pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, there's definitely an emerging population of smallies. Do you On think? Yeah. Is it worth it? If it's not windy. 
Yeah. It's a big lake. I mean, there's also a dozen other lakes within 20 minutes of leech that probably would be easier to fish for smallies. For sure. Mm -hmm. Leech is pretty good. It's just, if it blows more than 15, you don't want to be out there. Especially where the smallies live. Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's not like, uh, yeah, there's only a few areas the smallies really hang on leech and they're not very protected. And, uh, I mean, depending on the direction of the wind, but there's, you know, I mean like there's other lakes, like, what is it like 10 mile? And we talked about mm-hmm. woman and there's other lakes in those chains that got smallies in them. That would be yeah. probably a lot more fun if you're just making a trip for smallies. Yep. I mean, if I'm going to leech, I want to catch them on a freaking frog. I don't know about you. <laughs> See, now you're talking random lake, one rod, frog, boom. <laughs> yeah. You know what's the best is going on the Mississippi River and catching smallies on frogs. That's good times. That would be a hoot as well. Um, cool. Well, last call for a few questions. Just want to recap. If you guys came in late, you can catch the replay on Facebook or YouTube. Also, you can search Hellabass on your favorite podcast app. So if you guys are driving down to Waconia and you want to catch up, you can you can re-listen to what you sounded like. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, you know, Obviously, leave questions and comments and likes in the video replay afterwards. Um, do you boys head south to Okaboji in the spring? I have not, but I definitely it's on my radar to do that because it's been kicking out mm-hmm. big ones, both brown and green. So I have done that in the past, and it's a blast. A lot of fish to be had. And they're getting, yeah, the weights that guys are coming in with these days are, it's ridiculous. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys yes, fish I think the small the smile on his face says all you need to know, Ryan. Uh-huh. Um, but that's an area too, like right? Like Park Rapids, there's a bunch of lakes that got yes, there is in it. Like mm-hmm. isn't that where like Lizzie and Lida and those lakes and all that? Isn't that Park Rapids? or is that Pelican? It's kind of that's a little bit closer to DL or Perm. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that whole and those fish are dumb up there. I mean, they hardly get fished, like Except for Belting's been thumped, but uh, a lot of the other lakes up in that Nevis Park Rapids area are not untouched, but just less pressured. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bad lake fishing bass up there, I think. Agreed. Uh, Well, this is probably the best question all night. What's your favorite three frogs? Oh, my. Well, Are you just like a one-frog kind of guy? Brown and uh, one other color. Did you say what? Black, brown, and one other color. <laughs> we don't talk about the other color or what? No, well, we can. Yellow. <laughs> like a chartreuse or like a yellow? Yellow, yellow. yellow, yellow. With a certain number of black dots on it. <laughs> nice. No, I, I, I'll i fish it. Bass can count, so it's important to get the dots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can. They'll come up and eyeball it, and if it has one less dot or one more dot, no. <laughs> um. Do you have like a brand or do you not care? Um, I, you know, I've thrown the fire out of snag proof out of uh live target and spro. Um, they're, they're all 
they all are really good frogs. Um, I've started throwing some some 13 frogs as well. The, uh, the trash panda thing it, uh, they're, they all work. They all have their place. How's that? From a, I mean, there's hollow bodies to buzz frogs. I mean, to popping frogs. If it's frog, I'll make it. Yeah. I'll fish it. Let's go frog fishing. Let's bring a boat full of frogs of all style. We'll throw them all and we'll have a, we'll have a day. Are you inviting me up there? Yeah, come on. There you go. <laughs> um, the, the, here's, a, here's a fun one. There's, a, there's a, a time of the year, fall, that we I really like. And uh, we've got on a really killer frog bite in 46 degrees surface temperature water. Hmm. So it's really fun. Is it a certain lake or is it like all over? Do you think? I think it could happen pretty much anywhere, but yeah, this has been a certain neck of the woods and a certain set of lakes. Yeah. Yeah. But like a, a chain of them, it's a system. It, uh, 46 degree water. Who's going to throw a frog then? I, I will. Mean, <laughs> I would. Right. I th- I'm guessing there's got to be some kind of forge thing going on. Yeah. Make them set up i mean i've definitely caught shallow bass on jigs and stuff down here in the high 40s but i don't think they would have ate a frog but did you throw it i didn't but you should try maybe um i mean i think literally i think on leech lake you could probably catch them with a skim of ice on a frog i think probably they bust the ice <laughs> to get to that frog yeah, they're so mad like if you guys have never been Leech, and I'm guessing there's other lakes up in that area, but like I've never seen fish quite so mad when they eat a frog. Like most fish come up and like hit a frog this way, right? Like they come up and grab it, right? Like mm-hmm. leech fish come like a like a killer shark eating a baby seal. Like they come across it out of the water and try yep. to like it's nuts. Um, uh-huh. The I would say my favorite. Are you a frog guy, Andy, or you just leave like? Oh, I love throwing a frog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got any favorite frogs or anything? I throw either a spro or a terminator. One of those two. Yeah. I I like the terminator, but I feel like it hasn't been holding up. I thought mine have been pretty good, and I throw the big one, not the little one, one there. But one. I will say the one thing nice about the terminator, it's still usable after the weight falls out. Where most oh, yeah. frogs, once the weight falls out, they're garbage. The terminator, you can still actually fish semi-effectively without the weight. Um, my two of my three favorite frogs aren't made anymore. The True Tungsten Mad Fet Max frogs, the Gen Twos, don't make those anymore. And then the Evolved Nervous Walkers, which are really similar to like the bigger live targets. Mm-hmm. But then today I throw a lot of Spros, some Terminators, things like that. Um, black until the fish tell me they want something different. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> let's get off of frogs. I, we could do a whole show on frogs. That'd be good. 100%. Uh, yeah. Fish. This time of year, right now, the fish are starting to scatter, in my opinion. Like, offshore fish kind of reach their maximum density where they're kind of grouped up, and now they're starting to 
fragment, I think. Now you definitely can still find schools and gangs of fish, but now I feel like the fish are starting to do more and more different things as we get into early September. Um, so, because I always feel like we have our state tournament, used to have the state tournament the first week in September, and that was always a super tough time of year because it always felt like the fish were on the move. And so this is the very beginning of that, in my opinion. I don't know what do you guys think. I'm what just reading think? the question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're certainly on the move. Like up here, they move probably a little sooner than what they do down there. Because yeah. by the second week of September, it's pretty full on fall up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as to like if it's your strengths are fish and docks, I, I would just say I, you'd be surprised. Like, I'd probably just slow down and fish the key ones a little bit harder. There's been so many times that we've fished docks and turned the boat around and threw something else back under there and caught some pretty nice ones. So just, yeah, you know, if, if yeah. docks are what you do, I wouldn't stop doing it. Just maybe try throwing different baits underneath them or fishing them faster or slower or just switching it up a little bit. Cause yeah. even if the fish are there, you might need to make them react, put them on a rotation. Yeah. Yeah. So and definitely then, like, because you guys are fishing team stuff, I know, David, is don't throw the same baits. You know, somebody should be throwing something that creates a reaction and somebody should throw something that's like a Senko, right? Like, you know, give them two completely different things. Either fish them more methodically and fish them front to back or play the numbers and go faster and hit more of them. Find the active ones. Mm -hmm. And then don't be afraid to fish between them. Yeah, I was just going to mention that too, but you were talking. The, yeah, great point. In anything that looks good in between the docks, check it. And don't be afraid to fish the first pole. No, shallow as they go. Um, but also, there's still a pretty good deep bite on most lakes this time of year. So, still, it could it could still be anywhere, shallow, deep, in between, for I sure. Think you're more consistent bags are going to come offshore still, but you can still bust good bags shallow this time of year. Yep. Uh, are you fishing large enough later in the year? Four degree water temp. Frogs, clearly, weren't you listening? Um, <laughs> like upper 40s, I will still be fishing shallow with a jig most of the time. Yep. Um, once I get mid to low 40s, I'm probably going to start fishing the what's left of the grass more not necessarily deep but more offshore less bank oriented yeah yeah sums it up all right looks like i'm going okaboji next spring um i think fluorocarbon assuming we're not talking about less than 12 pound fluorocarbon i fish it until it needs to be respooled (laughs) like until i can't make a cast or i don't feel like i'm getting the retrieve on my line. I don't change fluorocarbon very often. How about you guys? I will have a fresh spool on before a tournament and then I will leave that on during pre-fish and I will put another fresh spool on before the next tournament. Both the same. Yep. Just because I don't want to risk it. Yeah. I'm like basically fish it until it's not casting right and then I re-spool it. Okay. That takes uh, a week or if it takes a year. That's how I do it. Gotcha. Now, 10 pound jerkbait line, I don't do that. Like, but like when we're talking like 15, 17, 20 pound line, yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. 
Uh, sand drops on the Mississippi. Start with a reaction bait, jerk bait, lipless, top water, find them, and then you can slow down and clean them up with a Carolina rig or a tube. Yep. Uh, small shad. Uh, Kitech 2.8, tiny poppers. Small lipless crankbait. Yeah, quarter ounce traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any yes. number of things. Match the hatch. Puddle jumper, for damn sakes. Throw yeah. it under a bobber. <laughs> Thanks for joining, Trent. Thank you, B-Wolf. Appreciate everybody joining in. This has yeah. been really fun. Whatever they're biting. Great questions. Favorite way? I would say the favorite way to catch a small is always got to be a topwater. But... Oh, yeah. Or like a tube or a jig. Setting the hook with big lines is always really fun, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, I, I uh, you know, I made it to Nationals from Vermilion. I had all, all but one smallie, and I didn't break out a spinning rod the entire tournament. So that was that was a win. Beautiful mm-hmm. place. So. You were just up there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So see you Sunday. If you guys came in late, if you guys want to see Peter. Keith Sorry. and Andy and Peter, maybe myself, a bunch of other people, head out to Oconia Sunday afternoon, uh, two o'clock ish. Hang out, say hi. Uh, we talked about the the replays. Uh, thanks to everybody that tuned in. Thank you guys for coming on. It was a good time. We definitely want to jump in the boat again with you, Keith, and for the first time with you, Andy, one of these days. So yeah, we'll make it happen, Rich. Uh, and as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>